What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us for this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Orico, and I am your host. You guys can find me over on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. If you follow me over there, you get links to these shows, which go out Monday through Friday, all the Twitter threads that I pull together, my Sunday articles, which are usually waiver wire pieces. You guys can go and get all of that content in one place over on Twitter, so at JoeOrico99. But also really appreciate you guys hitting the five-star button if you're enjoying what you are hearing or what you have heard. It would really help us to get a bit of a boost here in search results still in our infancy of this show. Now, we're closing in on 100 episodes, but we're still in our first few months here. So any help is much appreciated. If you guys missed yesterday's show, we had Ryan Bloomfield on talking about some guys we expect to bounce back in the second half a little bit. And a couple of them had really good games yesterday. So we will get into that in a second. I was also a guest on the great bench with Bubba podcast with Casey Bubba yesterday. We talked about some NL surprises. We picked one player from each team who has overperformed a little bit, perhaps surprise slash overperformed and just getting into their fantasy value a little bit. We talked about a couple other little things, uh, mostly focusing on NL surprises. And we also touched on Charlie Montoyo getting fired uh, yesterday by the Blue Jays, which made me very happy. So if you haven't checked it out, go check out both of those shows. This show from yesterday, if you're listening on whatever podcast app, just scroll down to the bottom one or the bottom one, the one right below this one, and my, hear my chat with Ryan from yesterday. And Bench with Bubba, obviously, just find uh, look up Bench with Bubba on your podcasting apps. I'm sure you guys already know Bubba, but uh, listen to yesterday's show. It was really a great time. If you are new to this show, I'll give you a quick little brief rundown of what we do. Go through yesterday's top performers. We'll talk about the top 10 or 12 uh, best players from yesterday. We'll look ahead to today's matchups, just a couple of games that I'm really going to be keeping an eye on. There's two that could compete for best pitching matchup of the night, but there's definitely one that stands out uh, above the rest. And then we go into a waiver wire breakdown. So I talk about the most added and dropped players. I know a lot of you guys who listen play in daily changes league. So we go through the waiver wire here every day and just talk about who it makes sense to be adding and dropping. Now, why don't we start off with one of the guys that I talked about with Ryan on the buy low. Not, it wasn't really buy low. It was more uh, who do we expect to bounce back. But it's the same kind of concept, guys, that you can capitalize on uh, right now. If you were to add them or to trade for them, we expect them to do a lot better. John Gray is one of those guys who has really turned it around recently. Over the last month, he is a 2.15 ERA and a sub-1 whip. And yesterday, he threw one hit ball over seven innings. It was an infield single to the second baseman he allowed. Struck out nine. It was 42.1 fantasy points on Yahoo. He did a great job. Now, granted, it was against Oakland. And Oakland, uh, you know, they're the butt of a lot of jokes recently as being the worst lineup in baseball, like a triple-A lineup. I mean, Pittsburgh can definitely uh, contend for that, depending on the night. I mean, the other night we saw them throw out uh, no Brian Reynolds, no O'Neill Cruz, no Jack Sawinski. Really tough-looking lineup. I mean, there's a couple that can compete, but definitely Oakland. If you're facing Oakland, they're a great team to stream against. Now, Gray has been good regardless of matchup these last few times out. He's struck out at least seven in the last four games. 32 strikeouts uh, over those games and only four walks. So he's definitely doing some stuff right. Uh, you know, a couple of earned runs in the previous couple of games here. Three earned runs against uh, Mini, three against New York. But overall, he's really settled down. Early in the year, it was a little bit rough. Uh, a lot of walks. Strikeout numbers weren't great. But, you know, really, truly, since like the beginning of June, he's been fantastic. Double-digit strikeouts a few times. If you can be buying on John Gray or adding him, depending on your league size, uh, I really recommend it. I think that going forward, he's going to be a very strong asset. He's got the ERA down to 371. 
getting away from Coors seems to have done a very, uh, very nice thing for him. Seems seems to have been a very nice thing for him, I should say. It didn't happen right away, but it definitely has uh, happened now. So go ahead and add him or trade for him while you can. The price is still probably fairly low. Uh, we'll talk about Teoscar Hernandez because he's another guy that we talked about in the show yesterday. He had a couple of bombs, drove in four, and over the last month he has eight homers, 21 RBIs, three steals. Uh, he's batting 294. Just not as much of a buy low on him uh, as like John Gray. He's going to cost you a bit more. Teoscar Hernandez was a consensus top 30, 40 pick heading into the year, a couple of silver sluggers in consecutive years. So people still remember that, but at the same time, like what he gave you last year, 32 homers, 116 RBIs. People, I think, still remember that. And it'll cost you a little bit more if you're trying to go get Teo. But he's still someone who I would really recommend trying to get. Most of his home runs have come in the last month, eight out of his 11. He's really turned it on there. Three of his five steals have come in the last month. And we've seen that batting average return to where we saw it uh, in the last last season in particular. So, I mean, another another factor there is that the Jays lineup has really underperformed. Bo Bichette, in particular, for me, has been disappointing. Uh, we haven't seen exactly what we wanted out of Guerrero. I mean, we've had some overperformers like uh, Alejandro Kirk, Santiago Espinal. But as a whole, we haven't seen what we wanted out of that lineup. And I think we will more going forward. So for me, Teoscar is a pretty strong add if you guys want to go. Well, not add, but a strong buy low candidate. You could probably get him. Definitely get him for cheaper than he would have cost you at the beginning of the year. Uh, he's another guy that I'd be trying to make a move on. Now, I'm not going to spend too much time on Shohei Otani because I've spent a lot of time on him on this show. Those of you who listen regularly know that I love Shohei Otani. It's hard not to. We'll just briefly go over what he did yesterday because it's definitely worth noting. Six innings, 12 strikeouts, one earned run, two walks, four hits, and he also drove in two runs with a triple. He is just a unicorn. I know it's not the most unique thing you can say about the guy. Everybody says it, but it's just remarkable what he's able to do, Uh, especially recently. He's been on a tear both as a hitter and as a pitcher, and if we're going into rankings, uh, you know, just talking about like the last month, as a batter, Otani is 87th. It's a little bit lower because of his batting average is kind of low. For the season, as a batter, 25th, the last month, 87. As a pitcher for the season, 19, the last month, he's the number one ranked player, Otani as a pitcher. 32 innings, 52 strikeouts. I hope you're sitting down because these numbers are crazy. A .28 ERA and a .77 whip. He has won five consecutive games. Actually, it's more than six consecutive games. Four consecutive games with double-digit strikeouts. Forget the MVP. He might be the Cy Young. I mean, Jesus, if it wasn't for Shane McClanahan, who's probably going to win it, Oh, man, Otani's definitely going to be in the conversation. I'm very glad I put an MVP bet down on Otani a while back. It was at 5-1, to one, put 20 bucks on it, probably should have put more. But, uh, man, Jesus, this guy is just – you can't even really, like – we can't even really comprehend how good he is because we've never seen this before. I know people will make the Babe Ruth comparison. And, you know, I will always defend Babe Ruth if I see Babe Ruth slander. I, I love Babe Ruth. But he was not doing this at the same time. There were seasons where he did pitch and hit at the same time, but I don't think he ever did it in the same game or during the same uh, direct like time period. I think there was different stretches of him doing different things. Never like this in the same game. Like He's just ridiculous. Uh, like I said, I don't want to spend too much time on him because there's obviously no fantasy move to be made. Uh, you're not going to really be trying to trade him, I hope. If you're trying to acquire him, it's going to cost you an absurd amount. So... 
there's no move to be made here, but Otani is just ridiculous, guys. I uh, just wanted to, to go over that one more time. Well, probably not one, just one more time. We'll talk about Otani, I'm sure, a ton in the second half. Hopefully, he keeps up what he's been doing. And, you know, I think that he'll probably win the MVP again. If he wins the MVP in the Cy Young, then that would be, that would be remarkable. But I think it's definitely within the realm of possibility here. Let's talk about some Ross Stripling. My guy, he has been fantastic recently. He really has. The season ERA, 3.03. Over the last month, 2.87. Like that's what what more can you ask out of a guy like Ross Stripling, who is definitely just a, a waiver wire pickup who you didn't have to actually pay for. Last night, seven strong, uh, six Ks, two hits. It was his longest outing of the season. It was the first game, the Blue Jays, I mentioned it earlier. First game that they had without Charlie Montoyo, and they let Stripling go a little bit longer. Now, granted, his pitch count was very low. Seven innings, 81 pitches. I see him as a strong ad for the second half. The Jays have struggled with their rotation depth. I think that they're going to get better now. I think they'll make some moves at the deadline to improve the team. And I think that Ross Stripling will be someone who can have a lot of value going forward. So for right now, for me, he is a strong ad. The numbers indicate that that is the case as well. There's not, this is not just the Toronto homer in me loving Ross Stripling. He's been very good. He's even got a save on the year. I know it's not something you're going to see a lot of, uh, but it's just kind of nice. One save. Sure, it's not the biggest of deals, but it's just kind of nice looking there uh, at his stat line for the year. We mentioned Shane McClanahan a second ago. He started yesterday as well. Six in a third inning, six strikeouts, one earned run, three hits. Only 85 pitches. Now, I've mentioned this a few times this year. I hope that they limit his pitches, and they have done that. They have not put him over 100 pitches since May the 11th. Uh, they've been very smart with it, and his season high that one time he reached it, it was 100 on the dot. So I really like what they're doing. They're being very smart. He's already coming up on his career high for innings, which he'll reach probably in the first couple weeks of August, I would imagine. If not even in uh, in the, the later part of July, it's possible. He's at 110. Uh, last year was 123, but with the playoffs, I think it was like 129, 130. Believe it or not, on the year, McClanahan, I don't think it's too hard to believe, but it might come as a bit of a surprise He's the number one ranked player in category leagues. He is numero uno. You'd think that maybe it'd be Judge. Judge is number two, or even maybe Paul Goldschmidt, who's number three. But it is a pitcher. It is McClanahan. There's actually a lot of pitchers who have provided first-round value this season. There's McClanahan, Alcantara, Verlander, Gonsolin, and Corbin Burns, all sitting within the top, uh, the first round, the top 12. Kind of rare to see that many pitchers providing first-round value. I think a couple of them will probably fall out of that first round. At some point, I think Verlander probably will, although that might be that might sound stupid, but I do think that he'll... I don't think he'll be the fifth-ranked player all year. I think he'll fall off a little bit. And obviously, Tony Gonsolin, I think we can all agree, will probably not finish where he is right now as the seventh-ranked player. And he had a tough outing last night for the first time, I, I think, the entire year. Uh, they still got the victory, so his record remains perfect. But he went five innings, seven, uh, gave up seven hits, five earned runs, struck out six, and walked one. Moves the ERA all the way up to 2.02. I'm trying to sell high on Gonsolin. I mean, today is probably not a great day to be sending out those offers. But as a whole, uh, we talked about this with Bubba. I don't have a ton of faith going forward that we're going to see Gonsolin uh, continue what he's done. And yesterday, uh, kind of a little bit, maybe not an indicator, but it's showing you the wheels are capable of coming off. They can come off. They did come off yesterday. Hopefully they're not fully like off for the rest of the year, that this is just a bit of a hiccup and he can finish somewhere still with like a three-something ERA, I'm hoping. But 
definitely, uh, well, maybe not definitely, but it's something to keep in mind that maybe this is the beginning of the end for Tony G. Lucas Giolito, we'll just talk about a couple of more guys from yesterday. Uh, Giolito went six and a third, struck out five, gave up five hits, uh, only walked one, and gave up no earned runs. Three out of his last four have been very good. Uh, he had the five-earned run game against Detroit, which is obviously concerning, but he struck out eight there. Uh, overall, these last four outings have been pretty strong. The last two weeks, he's got a 284 ERA, a sub-one whip. I like what we've got from him. I think he's another guy, a common theme today, uh, that you can buy low on for a probable second-half resurgence that we've seen recently is very much in the cards He's better than what he's given us to this point in the year. The ERA is still at 4.69, uh, but Giolito is a strong buy for me. The White Sox as a whole, I have no doubt that they'll be a bit better in the second half. This has been terrible. And maybe larusa has gone. Who knows what happens, but I feel like there are improvements coming, and Giolito will be among them. So he's, an, he's a buy for me. I just wanted to mention Eddie Rosario here, and then we will move on to the waiver wire portion. So with Eddie Rosario... I want to give him a little bit more time to figure things out. He had eye surgery. I'm not sure if it was the LASIK surgery or something along those lines anyway. He wasn't seeing the ball properly at the beginning of the year, which is obviously very scary for a hitter with a 100-mile-an-hour projectile coming at you. But now he can see it. He seems to be a little bit better recently, uh, eight for his last 30 since he came back, a couple of home runs, a steal. He's batting 267. Some people, a lot of people, have become frustrated with Rosario because of the lack of playing. He didn't play from late April until now. Uh, so he was dropped by a lot of teams. I think if he's available, he's a decent speculative ad. And if you still have him, I would hold on. Just because there's a decent chance of some correction going forward now. He can actually see the ball. Uh, we saw last year that he can be very valuable, especially in the playoffs. He can be a home run slash steals. Not, I'm not going to say specialist, but give you like 10 and 10 with decent other counting stats in a good lineup. For me, I'm holding on to Eddie Rosario. Uh, I wouldn't want to be moving on from him just yet. I'm going to move on now to the waiver wire portion of the show. We'll do the matchups at the end. Typically, I do it at the end, but the way I announced it at the beginning was like yesterday's players and then the pitchers and then the waiver wire. I kind of inverted that. So here are the most added players. The number one with a bullet is Esturi Ruiz. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Esturi, Esturi, Uh for those of you who are new to the show, I, I'm great at butchering people's names. I think it's Estuary, but um, yeah, we'll see going forward how other people are pronouncing it. There are some names like Miles Michaelis. Some people still call him Michaelis. Some people call him Michaelis. I think it's Michaelis, but uh, there's some definitely some interpretation there. I don't think according to him there wouldn't be, but according to the public, uh, there's a lot of names like that, a few names anyway, where there is some mispronunciation. But with Ruiz, let's get to the meat here. Three for eight in his first two games, very serviceable. He got caught stealing in the first one. Uh, he had a, his one RBI. Overall, I'm I'm excited enough. Uh, second base is a very shitty fantasy position, and we've seen it with guys like Jonathan India, uh, Max Muncy, Ozzy Albies going down. The position has definitely taken a hit this season. I'm okay with adding him. I think that there's a little bit of a risk with uh, suppression of his steal numbers like we saw with C.J. Abrams. C.J. Abrams is a guy who should be stealing a lot more bases, and I think he has, like, one steal this year. Uh, he's got, like, a perfect a perfect speed tool. I just I, – I worry. Ruiz's numbers in the minors for steals are, like, friggin' unbelievable. 60 steals this season so far. 13 home runs. Unreal upside there. It's like Al Alberto Mondesi on steroids. Uh, hopefully, God, hopefully he doesn't turn out like Mondesi injured every year. 
but Ruiz has that same kind of look about him uh, in terms of the player profile. I'm just not sure it's going to translate this year into fantasy relevance. I think that he will be a, a, a good fantasy player. I just worry, A, about the Padres, B, about him batting ninth or eighth, wherever they have him. He's been in both spots in his first two games. Might be a little bit hard to have value down there in the cellar. And I'm just a little bit cautious as a whole. I still think that he is worthy of an ad, even just speculatively. But at the same time, I'm not expecting too much out of him this year. Going forward, Dynasty, yes, I love him. But this year, I'm just... I'm not totally sold that we're going to see those steel numbers sustain, which is where a bulk of his value would come from. So that's where, that's my thinking on it. Uh, let's talk about Brett Martin. Now, I think that he'll get most of the save opportunities now. Joe Barlow was removed from the closer role, and then he's got a blister, so they put him on the IL. I don't know if those are necessarily related. But Brett Martin, I think, will get the save opportunities he's gotten the last few of them here. Uh, he's done a very good job over his last few weeks, really over the last month, uh, 10 and a third innings, three saves, no earned runs. I like him all right as an ad if you need if you need saves. Saves are so fickle. They're so hard to come by. Sometimes they come and then they go very quickly again, depending on who's in the role. If you're desperate for saves, then Martin's a good ad, but I'm not just adding him for the sake of adding him. I don't have long-term faith that this is something that's going to sustain. So yes, but no at the same time. Uh, Johnny Cueto, he's someone that I've added in a couple of spots today. He's one of the better available streamers. He's coming off a very good outing, a couple of very good outings, really, but specifically against Detroit, where he went eight innings, struck out five, uh, and gave up no earned runs, got the victory. It's Detroit, right? So we have to factor in that they're not a great lineup, to put it nicely. But at the same time, he did a very nice job there. Um, I like him here. I think that there's not really a lot of great streaming options. He's been pretty consistent, only a couple of rough outings this year, and he's going pretty deep into games. So if you're trying to stream somebody today, uh, me personally, the one that I found the most available and the most viable is Johnny Cueto. So if you need an ad, uh, I'd recommend Cueto there. Uh, Leody Tavares has been added quite a bit. He's stealing a lot of bases recently. He's been very productive in that Rangers lineup. Granted, pretty much always near the bottom of the lineup, like six, seven, eight, and he's not playing every day. So I think his value will be a bit limited by that. Now, when he has played this year, 70 at-bats, he's batting 329. So is there a chance he'll get more playing time going forward? It's possible. I wouldn't expect miracles. Last year in his 174 at-bats, he batted 161. So we have to remember those kind of things. I'm not a huge fan of adding him. There's a lot of available outfielders. If you want to try and grab a couple steals out of him this week, he might be able to keep it going just because he's on such a roll with them. But if you're adding him for long-term help, I think you're going to be pretty disappointed. Uh, let's move on to Kyle Finnegan. He's been added a lot because Tanner Rainey is going to be missing what we assume will be the rest of the year. Uh, I think it was a UCL injury, which typically leads to Tommy John. That's really shitty for him. But I think Kyle Finnegan is the most viable option in that Nationals pen to take over. There's not a lot going on out there. There's a couple of guys who are maybe candidates, I guess, with air quotations mark, uh, marks around them, candidates. But Finnegan, for me, is probably the best option. A lot of people have added him today, assuming that he will be getting those save opportunities. So I think, like, um, same thing with Martin. I'm a little bit less confident, but if you need saves, Finnegan's like a desperation play for me right now. Uh, Braxton Garrett, he is getting a start today against Pittsburgh. It's actually already started by the time I'm recording this. Hopefully he does well here. He has done very well over his last couple of outings. 
Uh, you know, it was a rough one three times ago against St. Louis, but these last two have been pretty good against Washington and the Mets. So uh, lower level stream today. Obviously, by the time you guys hear this, it'll already have happened, and you guys can check and see how I did. But I think that he'll be a fairly viable streamer today. Uh, Marco Gonzalez, he's also been added quite a bit, and he's been a lot better than uh, I've given him credit for, really. I just don't like guys who don't get any strikeouts. And last year, he didn't have a lot of strikeouts, but this year, it's like nothing. Over the last 32 innings, 11 Ks. Uh, over his last 12 and two-thirds, two Ks. It's just he doesn't get strikeouts, so that's kind of a limiting factor in his value. ERA-wise, he's been very good, 324, and he has a good matchup here against Texas tonight. So I wouldn't be so opposed to streaming, but if you need strikeouts, he's about the last guy you're going to want to go to. My guy, Keegan Thompson, takes the hill tonight for the Cubs against the Mets. He's been really good. He's been really good this year. He's almost striking out a batter per inning. I love I think that's like the baseline, right? If you're doing a little bit less than that with, with some nice other stats, then that's good. But you want to get at least a strikeout per inning roughly. He's got 74 of them in 77 innings, which is right in that range. 3.04 ERA, 1.17 whip. And over his last month, he is inside the top 100 with a 1.93 ERA. And he has 35 Ks in those 28 innings. So great stuff. Last time out was five and two-thirds against the Dodgers where he struck out eight. They unfortunately ended up losing the game, but it was not his fault. I think he's a pretty strong ad here. I know the Mets are a tricky offense. They went off yesterday and they scored a bunch of runs. They had a bunch of homers. But for me, uh, Thompson really should be rostered regardless of this matchup. He's just proven it this year that he is worthy of being there. He's got eligibility as a starter and a reliever. And, you know, I expect him to keep it going in the second half to some degree. Maybe not quite this good uh, with the 193 ERA recently. That's a bit, probably a bit unattainable. But even last year, you know, 338 ERA, he's, he's getting a track record for me. So I, I like Keegan Thompson quite a bit. I would go ahead and add him. Uh, Jose Miranda, he went three for five yesterday. He hit a walk-off bomb against Josh Hader, who has allowed runs in four of his last five outings, Josh Hader. That's really tricky stuff. The ERA is almost a three for Josh Hader. After being sub one for most of the year, it, it's, it, it sucks as a Josh Hader owner. But it did result in a Juwan Duran win yesterday, so I guess kind of take the, take the good with the bad there. I'm a huge Duran guy. So with Miranda, over the last two weeks, he ranks inside the top 40, believe it or not. 12 for 35 with four runs, three homers, and he's driven in 15. That's a huge part of his value is the RBI total. I think that he is a good add in 15 teamers. I think that he can have some value. Maybe in the odd like 12 to 14 team league, he can have some value there. I just worry a little bit long term, but at the same time, uh, he's, he's really been good. So if you want to ride the hot streak, put him in your lineup for now, and then if he gets cold, then drop him again. No problem there. Lack of steals is a little bit of a problem, but overall, he's been a very solid contributor recently. He, he's a pretty strong ad for me. Uh, Harold Ramirez, not a strong ad, despite a lot of people probably thinking he should be. The average has been really good. I just don't think he'll keep it up. Uh, he's just not this good. He's not a 330 hitter. Very few people, if any, really are 330 hitters for the whole season. I know there are guys over that mark right now, but talk to me when the season is over. It's very rare to hit that mark. He doesn't give you so much in the other stats. Four home runs, three steals is all right, and he's in an okay lineup here in Tampa, usually batting somewhere in the middle. So I understand why people are adding. For me personally, I'm not a big Harold Ramirez guy. I think that the cliff is coming here. I don't think you really need to worry about it. Same kind of argument with Miranda, though. If you want to add him while he's hot and drop him when he gets cold again, by all means, uh, no problem there. Alexis Diaz, 
Diaz. Diaz, uh, he's someone who I like, but at the same time, uh, he's, I don't know. Cincinnati relievers are always a little bit tricky. I think that he's probably a good candidate to get some saves here. He did throw away the game last night with some wild pitches, so that is obviously unfortunate for the Reds. But he's still pretty good. I mean, the ERA for the season is 2.16. He's got a few saves. He's good strikeout numbers, good whip. If you are desperate, desperate, desperate for bullpen help, then yeah, I would rather have Finnegan and I would rather have Brett Martin. But there are some leagues where it's very hard to find closer help. And if you are really desperate, then you can go ahead and get Diaz there. Jesse Winker. We'll talk about Jesse Winker and then we will move on here to some of the drops. I like him a lot, man. Uh, Winker is a lot better than what we've seen this year. This 226 batting average has been awful. No question. He hit a home run in both halves of their doubleheader yesterday, uh, coming back from his suspension. And before he went off on the suspension, he's someone that I wrote in one of my articles about being a great buy candidate for the second half. The periphery stats are supporting, not the periphery stats, the advanced stats were supporting that he was being pretty unlucky and that there is a turnaround incoming. And I tend to believe the stats. I didn't used to be a big stat person, but now I live and die by them like most people in this industry. I think that Winker should be bought. I think that the numbers right now are not going to lead to a very high cost for him. Yeah, some people might see the turnaround coming, but a lot of people probably won't. So if you can go and get Winker for a fairly cheap price, I'd be all for it right now. And the price, like he's ranked outside the top 600. It really shouldn't be too much depending on the uh, attentiveness of your league mates. Let's move on to the drops now, and Tanner Rainey is definitely the most dropped player. More than 10,000 leagues on Yahoo have dropped him, and it's because he's more than likely done for the year. Now, what he was giving you was pretty good. He had one win, 12 saves, uh, 36 Ks, and 30 innings, all right ratios. It's always a loss when a closer goes down, especially when there's not a really clear replacement, but I think Kyle Finnegan will be an all right add there. Uh, I wouldn't be so enthused about it, but if you're, like I said, if you're desperate for saves, then he's a decent add. I'd prefer if you're going to add someone for saves that it be Brett Martin because he's actually gotten a few of them recently. But if you can't get to Martin, then uh, go for one of those other guys we talked about, Finnegan and Diaz. They're more available. Diaz, 11% rostered. Uh, Finnegan, 10% rostered. And Martin, 28% rostered. So they're probably all available in your leagues, but you got to take a look and see to be sure. Uh, Brady Singer, he's been dropped quite a bit, even though he had a pretty decent start against the Tigers. But overall, he's pretty inconsistent. Uh, I'm all right with, with dropping him there. He's more of a streamer. Uh, Chris Flexen, he's been dropped as well. He had an all right game, though. Six innings, one earned run. Uh, he did a very good job here. I think people just as a whole are not massive on Chris Flexen. 384 ERA, though, into the All Star break. It's pretty good. Mariners have been great, but uh, as a whole, I mentioned it earlier with Marco Gonzalez. Not a lot of strikeouts. The ratios for him are not, not as good as Gonzalez. So for me, Flexen uh, is an all right drop there. Josiah Gray gave up five runs to the Mariners yesterday. Uh, not great, obviously, but I still have a lot of faith the rest of the season. I wouldn't be dropping him. Uh, I had a question earlier today from someone on Twitter about Josiah Gray and Hunter Green. I prefer Josiah Gray rest of the season. He's just has a little bit more experience there, and I'd prefer him going forward. Joe Barlow, we already mentioned, he's been dropped quite a bit. He's on the 15-day IL, and he had just recently lost a closer role anyway, so he's been dropped a lot. Justin Steele, he was knocked around by the Orioles. He's been dropped quite a bit as well. No problems there. Paul Blackburn, the all-star, who will go to the all-star break with a 362 ERA. 
Not great, especially when you got guys like Kevin Gosman who've been left off the roster. He gave up five yesterday to Texas. Just not good. A couple of rough ones in a row here. A lot of rough ones recently. ERA over the last month is 6.46. I think Blackburn is, uh, is heading into drop territory if you're not already there. Aaron Savali, he's having an MRI on his wrist. Not really any need to roster him anyway, but people have dropped him. Isaac Paredes has really fallen back to earth, or Isak. I think it's Isak Paredes. He has been not very good recently. The home runs have fallen off a little bit, like I said they would. It was just not sustainable. You can't hit home runs at that rate. It's just no one does it. He looked for a brief period of time like he might be able to sustain what he was doing there. But at the end of the day, you're looking at a low 200s hitter with probably 15 to 20 home run potential. Yes, he's already got 13. He'll probably hit maybe over 20 this year. But uh, going forward, I'm not a big Paredes fan. I think that he is an easy drop. Aaron Ashby dropped quite a bit. I really like Aaron Ashby. It's a shame that people are not so on board with him. The advanced stats are really good. Strikeouts are good. And he's another one of those starters who has a save this year from his time in the pen. Very nice to see, especially in Roto. I like him. I wouldn't be dropping him yet. I think it's too premature to be moving on here. Uh, More people moved on from Tariq Skubal. He's just been terrible over the last month. 31 innings, 27 strikeouts, a 7.26 ERA. 7.26. 1.61 whip. Pitching for a bad team. There's just not a lot of hope there for Scooble. I feel somewhat vindicated because at the beginning of the year, I was not at all big on him. He's, he was one of my biggest guys that I was staying away from in preseason. And I felt like a total moron for a while because he was looking really great. But at the same time, it was never going to last quite the way it was. I thought that he was going to sustain, you know, Somewhere in a three-ish ERA range, but he's pushing up over four now. He was over four last year, which is kind of what I expected. Strikeouts have been down recently. I'm okay to drop Tariq Skubal. I think that there is some hope, maybe second half re- uh, turnaround, but uh, I'm I'm pretty okay with it. Um, it's it's a little bit of a tricky one because we saw a really great version of him, but we've just seen such a terrible version since. For more than a month now, uh, I think it's time to be moving on. And it was that start against Toronto which really started to spiral him down. Uh, June the 12th, that's when it really started to go downhill for him. And he hasn't really been able to recover since then. Only one mediocre start, pretty good start since then, and it was against the White Sox. So uh, sorry, White Sox fans, but you guys have been easy to stream against this year, easy to pick players against in DFS this year. It's just unfortunate, but it's the way of the way the cookie crumbles, as they say. Let's move into a couple of today's matchups that I'm really keeping an eye on. There are two of them in particular. Now, one of them is stands out more than the other, but we'll start with the lesser of the two first. So Luis Castillo and Nestor Cortez, both guys with sub-three ERAs, both all-stars. This one should be a lot of fun. I, I think Nestor is an all-star, actually. I should, I should double-check that because I, I checked the list when it first happened, and then I haven't really been so active since. Yeah, he is an all-star. Okay, just wanted to make sure because there are some – kind of baffling omissions from the all-star game this year but Nestor is there Luis Castillo is there hoping Luis Castillo gets traded at some point now starting against the Yankees uh, heading into the break here it might leave some people with a bit of a sour taste in their mouth if he does have a bad outing so there might be a chance here to buy afterwards I think he'll get traded regardless at the deadline especially with Tyler Molly going down now they think he'll be back they think that Molly will be back for at least one start before uh, before the trade deadline so I'm, I'm sure that they'll both get moved but I think, especially because of that injury, Luis Castillo is the more attractive target right there. I think it'll be an interesting matchup against the Yankees for him. 
I'm a little nervous. Like I said, uh, there's a chance of always a chance against the Yankees, especially at Yankee Stadium, of getting knocked around a little bit. But he's been great, especially his last three times out, uh, 11, 6, and 8 strikeouts. Only one home run allowed, two earned runs in those in that time period. And then on the other side, we have Nasty Nestor, who has settled down a little bit here. Uh, four earned runs the last time out. Three of his last four, he's given up at least three earned runs. And earlier in the year, we saw none of that stuff going on. So it's not like it's been bad. Uh, he's definitely not been quite as sharp. The ERA is up to 2.74. Still excellent. He's an absolute must-go tonight. He is probably the best uh, matchup going tonight for pitcher versus team, I'd say. Both good starts. Uh, like I said, a little worried about Castillo, but I think overall we'll see a very nice pitching matchup here. Now, this one that we're going to talk about is going to be maybe one of the better pitching matchups we'll see all year, depending on how things turn out. It's by far the lowest over-under total set tonight at 6. And actually, I don't think that they've set one for the Jays game yet because uh, Kansas City has not announced a starter because they don't have anybody in Toronto. Burns and Rodon. That, for me, tonight, Brewers and Giants, that is the best matchup. I don't think it's even close. A total of six. That is what the over-under is set at most games tonight. Most games on most nights are set somewhere between seven and a half and nine and a half. We even have an 11 and a half tonight at Coors Field uh, with the Padres and the Rockies. This one, six runs is expected to be the cap, and I am totally there. I'm thinking this will be a pitching duel between Burns and Rodon. They've both been excellent. Rodon, or excuse me, Burns, is still probably the best pitcher in baseball, regardless of what anybody's done this year. Burns has the track record. He's just ridiculous. Uh, we haven't seen the quite elite with the walks like he was last year. Still very good, but it's a small gripe for someone who's got a 2.20 ERA. He's just been great. I'm really looking forward to this one. On the other side, Carlos Rodon. He started the year off unreal, and then he kind of settled down a little bit. And I know one of my listeners, Tony, traded Mookie Betts for Carlos Rodon and then was thinking the season was over. This is brutal. And then, of course, Betts gets hurt and Rodon turns around. And now Betts has come back and been very good, but I think that that trade worked out pretty well for Tony here. Rodon for the year, 2-7 ERA with 124 Ks in 100 innings. Uh, 1.06 whip, and only four home runs allowed in, in those 100 innings that he's pitched. So can't really complain about what Rodon has given you. He's been elite. I think he's been added to the All-Star game now. He was a glaring omission off the original list, especially uh, coming off of his last outing, which was a complete game 12 strikeout performance in San Diego. But, uh, yeah, he has been added to the All-Star game now. I find it very easy to lose track of the All-Star game picks I didn't really do picks of my own this year. Uh, I'm a part of the IBWAA now, which is the Internet Baseball Writers Association of America. But I kind of got in right at the end of the all-star voting when they do their own little all-star voting thing, but I didn't take part in it this year. Rodon should have been on the team initially. It's, it's just a stupid omission. There are a few of them, like Austin Riley and Kevin Gosman, who have gone on about they shouldn't put it up to the fans, and they shouldn't have uh, every team have a required all-star. I think those are both stupid. But getting off point here, this game is the last one of the night. It takes place almost two hours after the other games start. It's a 9.45 p.m. start time on the East Coast, uh, and the other games start no later than 8 o'clock. So you're going to have to stay up a little bit for this one, depending on where you are, but I think it will be worth it. This one should be a lot of fun. want to thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. I really appreciate all the support that you guys have shown here in my first few months in this industry. Really means a lot. If you guys enjoy the content, 
five-star reviews would really help us move up search results here in our early going. It doesn't feel like it's the early going anymore, but it's still our infancy. It's still our rookie season. We're still shy of our 100-episode mark, so we're still in the, uh, in the early going. But you guys can really help us out to be seen more by just hitting that five-star button. All you got to do takes a couple of seconds. If you're still listening, I know some people tune out before the end of the video. If you are still here, that much would go a long way for us. Please do check out Ethos Fantasy BB on Twitter. We're bringing on some more writers and other people to work for Sports Ethos on the baseball side. So it will be more content that is being produced than just what you're seeing right now. That's pretty much it for the announcements today, guys. Once again, be on the lookout for the trade deadline show, August the 2nd, 3.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern time, of course. So if you're on the West Coast, you got to adjust. It'll be 12.30 to 4 uh, if you're on the West Coast. But I'm going to have a ton of great people on. Bubba, who I was on his show yesterday, Casey Bubba, he'll be on there. A few other people that have been on this show. Most of the people that have been on this show, if you just scroll through our episodes and look at the different guests we've had, most of them will be appearing at some point on that deadline show. There's a couple, like Ryan Bloomfield, who are going to be away that weekend, that week, so he won't be able to participate, which is kind of why I wanted to bring him back on yesterday, chat with him, because I knew uh, he was going to miss out on that, which is unfortunate, but it is, of course, life gets in the way. This is just fantasy, but it is, of course, reality for us as well here at Sports Ethos. So I bid you adieu for today. We will see you again tomorrow and wrap up the week. Cheers, guys. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.